How good is that? It recaps what we've been talking about for the last two weeks and it's a good lead in to where I'm heading this week and it's forgiveness. And um, for those that don't know, we're going to go off and say, hey, I'm welcome and I'm Pastor Kate Ockenfels. I am the next generation pastor and I get the privilege of um, helping these kids out here find life and grow in their walk with Jesus along with a multitude of people on the team and it's such a blessing and I'd love someone to ring that bell while I'm speaking to join my (laughs) team just to put the plug out there because we need you. We want you. We don't need you. We want you. (laughs) So I'm going to go from there and say it's great to be here and um In preparing this message, I think God knows exactly what message you need to preach sometimes because for me, it's also been a journey. Um, Forgiveness is such a simple word and it's actually bantied around a lot. We actually say we give it, we say we take it. But as I processed and, and was writing this, it actually hit me of my lack of understanding of forgiveness and some of the things that have come out of me. And so I want to encourage you, not I know it's hot, I want to encourage you to go, hey, I'm just going to keep my mind open today. That forgiveness, maybe there's something there. Maybe there's something more I need to know about this word to take hold of the concept of what God is saying forgiveness is, who God is and his forgiveness So we're almost to the end of this two-part series of God's story, and I love God's story. It wasn't until I realized that God's story is not just the New Testament. It's not just four Gospels and that's all. But actually, I'm such a picture person. I'm such a story person. When I realized from the beginning, it actually points again and again and again and again to who God is, to who Jesus is. And it brings the fullness and it captures your heart to realize, actually, this is who my God is. He's not just a once-off. He actually repeats his actions. He does the same thing. We can trust him. We know his character. And so I want to encourage you, God's story, go deeper into it. Even as we've been talking about, you go deeper into it and just see who he is. So I'm going to head. We've gone from sin to atonement and you talked about atonement I have to say I've heard messages on atonement and that was one of the best I've heard I really loved it it was it was really good I I actually listened to it a couple of times and it was um, really good so if you haven't heard it I would encourage you to listen to it and so I'm going to go on and I'm going to dovetail into what he's been he talked about last week because the reality is a lot of us think that atonement and forgiveness are actually the same thing. We put them into a ball and say, hey, they're exactly the same, they do the same thing. But the reality is they are actually opposites of each other. They both relate to sin, but they're actually not the same thing. So from there, I want to start with a story. (laughs) Um, I flipped in what story to do, and I was so blessed yesterday to have to have a story come up right in front of me. (laughs) Um, 
a lot of you are parents and you have the joy of as they're getting older, you know, and they, they see things and they want things and, you know, they go out and, you know, sometimes they take things. <laughs> and, you know, I've had the privilege of a teacher to be able to go to parents. You know, it's just part of development. It's, you know, it's not, it's not that they're an evil child. It's not, you know, that they're... <laughs> You know, they're going to thieve when they get to 30. Just relax, it's okay. But when the shoe's on the other foot, it's not always as easy to take. And so yesterday we were out at a friend's house um, for a Christmas party and they were all having a great time. And and on the floor as we walked in the door was Thomas the Tank Engine set and, and the wooden set. And it's the old set. And in our family, like, the new set is okay but the old has more detail on the carriages and they're like, that's what we want. Like they get the books out and point them out and go, oh, that's the best one. Oh, you know, I want that for my birthday. So they get there and Nehemiah sees these trains on the floor and he pretty much is like, these are mine. And <laughs> he's playing with them. He's spends pretty much the whole time um, playing with these trains. And he had a great time and everything's great. And then we get to the end of the, I- uh, end of the time and we, and we go home, we hop in the car. I didn't think anything of it. He's, you know, hops in the car. We go get some lunch on the way home. We get home. Usually it's a struggle to get my kids out the car. They think it's fun to get, get to play in the car before you can get them in the door and it's a nightmare. But for once, Nehemiah had undone his car seat, hopped out and run inside to his bedroom. And because we just wanted to get the kids to bed and we just wanted a break, we didn't think anything of it. So we're getting the twins out and doing our thing. And next thing, I'm in the kitchen getting the bottles ready. And Nehemiah comes in with his face, very sheepish, very like, oh, you can tell. He, He knows he's done something wrong but he's also trying to get approval for it, to say, hey, you kn- I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. So it's kind of like the mummy. And he runs in and pulls out this train. He kind of goes, mummy, look what I found in my room. <laughs> <laughs> Everything in me wanted to go, how dare you steal? Do you know that's stealing? And so in my head, I'm, I'm thinking about my sermon and I'm going, okay, how do I respond to this? How do I? And so I, you know, within a couple of seconds, I got it together and I was like, did you really find it in your room? Like, we've never bought a train like that. Did you, did you really find it in your room? And he kind of looks at me and there's a little bit of a silence and he, and he says, um, I, I took it. I was like, okay, well, you know that doesn't belong to you. And so we had the whole discussion of, you know, it doesn't belong to you. What can we do about that? Like, you know, how, do you f- how are you feeling because you took it? Like, you, <laughs> you know it's wrong. And, y- and you could tell he, he didn't know how to express because he's only four years old. He d- but he, you could tell he f- was feeling condemned. He was feeling the shame because he knew what he'd done was wrong and he didn't know where to go to next. And so we talked about that, and I had a chance to have a conversation with him and say, well, you know what, you've got a choice. Number one, you can go and give the train back. bit like it's not atonement because we can't pay the price of Jesus, but he can atone in a way for it by giving it back. He's restored it. We can never do that. 
for Jesus. Jesus is the only one that can atone for us. But he's got a chance to also go to Christie. He can choose to hide it or just slip it into a bag and never say a thing. And I didn't say that name then, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) He's got a chance to stick it in the person's bag and not, you know, not tell them what he did was wrong. But he's not giving himself a chance to be forgiven, to restore the relationship because he's always going to be uncomfortable and think, you know what, this person is always going to think I'm not a very nice person. And he could carry that the whole time. But he also has a chance to go and say, hey, I've made a wrong. I'm sorry. And have a chance to receive forgiveness and walk in that and restore relationship. So... I want to go from there and and flip into God's story and say over the last two weeks we've begun with God's story who with Adam and Eve and he was they were put in the garden and they were told to enjoy but one thing don't eat from the tree of good and evil tree sorry yep but they were tempted and of course we all know what happened they succumbed they ate the fruit God said trust is broken you've got to leave and they were sent out And so the curse was upon them. Instead, they lived under the curse of sin and death. They were no longer immortal. But God had a plan to restore relationship. He also, but at the same time, he required justice. He wanted both together. He wanted payment, but he also wanted the relationships restored. We then saw time passes, mankind multiplies and sin increases. And God gave instructions to a man called Moses. And he said, if my people will obey me, things will be good. He gave them commandments, a tabernacle, festivals, but they were all so strict and they failed over and over again. One of the festivals that Ewan specifically talked about last week was the Day of Atonement, which happened once a year. It was God's way of trying to resolve the broken relationship between him and his people. Three key elements of that day were the fact that atonement made, it made atonement for the entire community. It was done for all of Israel. It involved sacrifice and it involved hardship both to the people and the priest who had to risk his life. Because if he did anything wrong, there's a chance that he'd be pulled out with the rope. <laughs> and they'd have to pull him out because he, he was dead. So it, it required sacrifice and hardship and risk of life, but it was for the whole community. There was a constant sacrificing. It wasn't a once and for all. They had to continually do it. Uh, but nothing was really dealing with the sin that lay within the heart of mankind. To fix this, God sent his son to be the perfect sacrifice and through his blood shed once and for all. This satisfied God's need for justice so that past, present and our future sins are dealt with. The debt has been paid. We owe nothing. So I want to start from there. We are atoned. So how do we walk in forgiveness? as I said, many people in the church mix the two up. And if I can just have the meaning of forgiveness, I want to start there. So forgiveness 
is a conscious, deliberate decision to release feelings of resentment or vengeance towards a person or group who have harmed you, regardless of whether they deserve forgiveness. Forgiveness does not mean condoning or excusing an offence. So it's a deliberate decision. Forgiveness is a deliberate decision to release feelings of resentment, regardless of whether we deserve it or not. We can forgive others but also God forgives us regardless of what we've done whoever we are whatever we've done God forgives us so I want to go from there and say with that in mind that Ewan started with the day of atonement I want to flip it over and we're going in God's story and stay in the Old Testament for a little while and I want to pull up another feast the Israelites celebrated was Passover and many of you may have heard the story of Passover and you can see out here's a picture of Passover of them putting the blood on the doorway. Passover actually is mentioned in Exodus, it's the first time it's celebrated and in Leviticus it's part of all the feasts that are listed that they're told to celebrate or take part in and Passover was actually at a time with Moses and they'd been uh, under slavery in and Pharaoh was not letting them go. We know the story. Moses went again and again and again, and he did not let him go. He sent the plagues. And we see God sends the final plague. And, he sa- and these people who are in slavery, and God gives the Israelites instructions. So I'm going to start with Exodus chapter 12, verse 3 to 13. I'm going to start there and... So, it says, Announce to the whole community of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, each family must choose a lamb or a young goat for a sacrifice, one animal for each household. If a family is too small to eat a whole animal, let them share with another from their neighborhood. Divide the animal according to the size of each family, how much they can eat. The animal you select must be one year old, either a sheep or a goat with no defects. Take special care of this chosen animal until the evening of the 14th day of the month. The whole assembly of the community of Israel must slaughter their lamb or young goat at twilight. They are to to take some of the blood and smear it, just like we saw in the picture. They are to smear it on the top of the doors and the sides. And then they are to eat the animal. And it goes on to say they are not to leave any remnants. Everything must be eaten but the guts and everything that must be burned they must be it must be all gone before the next day but then it goes on these are the instructions for eating this meal be fully dressed wear your sandals and carry your walking stick in hand so we see the israelites who were captives and god's about to release them and so he's going to um kill all the firstborn in egypt but god says there's a way that you can be saved. And he says to the Israelites, put the blood over the doorway, follow my instructions, eat the meat, only enough for each household, but each individual has to eat their own meat. So I want to look at the fact of how this points to forgiveness and what Jesus has done to us. The three key things for Passover is Passover is focused on the individual. The individual had to choose to take part 
if they didn't eat the meat, if they didn't put the blood over the doorway, they would have died just like all the, four, all the firstborn sons would have died in Israel, the same as the Egyptian children and all firstborn. The individual, while it was a family, each individual family had to take part, not the whole community. Each family had to make a decision. It wasn't a community decision. It was an individual family and person that had to choose to take part. Passover does not involve sacrifices. The lamb was not a sacrifice. It was instruction that they had to do. It was not an offering under sin. It was to say, pass over God. We're with you. And, and thirdly, Passover did not require hardship. Like the Day of Atonement, they would have to fast. And the high priest would have to go in in fear of his life if he made a mistake. Passover, they didn't fast. They didn't have hardship. They just had to take part. So, to summarize, forgiveness is based on each individual. Yep, go back. <laughs> is based on each individual's actions. It does not involve sacrificing or hardship. Whereas atonement is based on a whole community's actions. It doesn't. It does involve sacrificing and hardship. Whether it's the hardship of God, the Father God giving His Son for our sins. Forgiveness does not require that price. So let's look at flip from the Old Testament. It was, that's what happened. God led them into freedom. They ended up in the promised land. But the relationship was still not fully restored. God was pointing to the once and for all, the final product, who is Jesus, who he sent in his son, who you may often hear, Jesus, the Passover lamb, the lamb of God. He is our forgiveness. Just like Jesus is our atonement, the sacrifice. He paid the debt once and for all. Forgiveness through Jesus is focused on the individual. Basically, we each have to make a decision. We each have to go, you know what? I can't do life like this. I know I failed. I know I have shame. I know I have fear. I know I'm not good enough. But you know what? Jesus has atoned for it. And I can choose to confess and in that moment and say, God, I confess that I've spoken over my life that I am not worthy or I, am, I, have, I walk in fear. I'm, I feel like I'm alone. And God says, I forgive you. And in that moment, it is done. It is over. It is finished. As far as it is east to the west, it is away from us and gone. And God, just like I said, in the meaning of forgiveness, he doesn't hold it as against us. It's gone. Okay, forgiveness through Jesus does not require us to give a sacrifice. We don't have to go, hey, Jesus, I accept you. I I. I accept you. I want to walk with you. I take your atonement and I take the forgiveness. But I actually need to go over here and make sure I'm doing the right thing. I need to actually make sure I'm serving on 10 of those teams to make sure I am forgiven. 
because I'm not sure. I know you paid it, but I think there may, you know, on the credit card bill, you pay it and then you go, but actually, you know, have they got that interest and you've missed the 60 cents because it lapped over a month? That's not Jesus. There's not a little bit left on the side. We owe nothing. We freely receive it. Ephesians 1, 7 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in, co- uh, in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Jesus paid our debt for us so we can freely be forgiven. All you have to do is ask God to forgive you through Jesus, believing that Jesus paid the price and has forgiven. He has forgiven you fully. But the flip side to that is, it went on to say they had to be ready. They ate the meal. They put it over the doorway. They individually each made a choice to do that, but they had to be dressed ready. When we take that forgiveness, are we dressed ready? Do we go, you know what? God's atoned for my sins. I don't even owe 60 cents. I don't have to keep making people like me. I don't have to hide things. I can get up and I can take God's armor right now. I don't need to earn it. I don't need to be good enough in two weeks' time, ten years' time. That forgiveness is now. And we can take it. But do we take it? Do we go mix atonement and forgiveness together and go, maybe there's a debt left. I've got to earn that forgiveness. Are our brains somehow thinking that and we don't even realize some of us choose to accept God's forgiveness but others of us long after we've confessed our sins try and try and try again to earn it we feel shame we feel guilt we feel condemned and we walk in that But in our heads we're going, but we're forgiven, but we're atoned, but we carry the shame that doesn't need to be there. It was taken. Many of us bury it. We try and block it out of our minds. We try and keep doing life and, you know, (laughs) I'll put my hand up and say, hey, you know what? I'm up here today, but in my head, my head goes, you know what? You're not good enough to be up here. You're not, and I keep it covered and I'm like, you know, most people go, you know what? You're really confident. But the reality is God has forgiven that and I can let that go. And so can you. You can let go of those things that you've held because you're forgiven. And you can walk in that freedom because he's saying you're already ready. Have you got your shoes of peace on? Have you got your belt of truth? Have you got your helmet of salvation? Have you got your sword? Walk in his forgiveness. You don't need to earn it. Some of us beat ourselves up. We feel the shame. We hide. I remember, I think you said it last week. Sometimes we rock up into worship and we've had a bad week. And we go, you know what? I yelled at my kids this week. I lost my temper. Actually, I gave them a smack or whatever it might be. And we rock up to worship and we go, yeah, I I can't raise my hands this week because 
I don't think I'm good enough. Or, you know what, we feel that prompting of the Spirit and we know there's something going on in there and we know we need to let it go, but we go, I'm not coming down the front for the altar call. Not, I, I, I'm not actually good enough. God's not actually going to forgive me. That's the reality of what we're doing. We might not be actually saying that to ourselves, but that's actually what we're doing. God's forgiveness is free and you've already just need to say yes and take it and walk in it. Another thing is we can shift the blame on others. We can deny any wrongdoing. Like Adam and Eve, no, it was it was Eve. No, it was, you know, the serpent. You know, we can shift the blame and say, you know what? It wasn't me. I didn't do it and deceive ourselves. But actually, we're not walking in the freedom that God's given us, the fullness of what God has. And finally, I want to say in this, have we received God's love? Often, and this is the part that actually struck me, when we, do we show a lack of forgiveness? Do we actually show a lack of forgiveness towards others? Because the reality is, the truth is, this is what hit me this week is, you know what? It's usually how much you can forgive someone else is actually how much you perceive you've been forgiven. If you say, I'm sorry, do you still thinking in your head, hey, you need to earn it. You need to, you know, are you trying to earn your forgiveness through making someone else pay your price? Do you release forgiveness easily because you grasp the depth and the width and the height of how much God loves you and how much he has freely given for you? Jesus atoned for us. He forgives us. But do you know what? Jesus only ever asked us to forgive. And we can do that through him.